0: to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever, the show that gives you the lowdown on how to become a successful real estate entrepreneur. With more than 30 years of experience, America's top female real estate investor, one is an expert in financial freedom and turning dreams into realities. Now's your chance to become a Dwan with the help of Dwan. Here's to a flaming hot foreclosure market with the help of Dwan. Cheers.
1: Hey everybody. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Book. I'm Dwan Benton Twyford, America's most sought after real estate investor. And this is the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. I'm excited that you're here. On Sundays, every other Sunday, we do a Bible study. So the last couple weeks, I've been talking to you about um, the book of Revelations. And so in my Bible, this fell out of it. So I'm actually going to read you some stuff. Now this, this is when I was living in Florida. Um, I went to Calvary Chapel, so this is from 2010, so 10, that's a long time, 2010, now oh, 2020, wow, that's a long time, I've had this in my Bible, um, so anyway, the book that they give out there is called The Active Word, and it's just a short, um, book, and I, I don't honestly even know if they do it, the last few years. They've been in Florida. I haven't gone to that church. Uh, pastor Bob was the pastor then, and sadly, the same as Pastor Bob Coy, he had just a really horrific falling out. He got addicted to pornography, started having affairs, just a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Because you know, pastors are, are people too, and um, I don't know. I just I loved him. I loved the way he taught. I got saved. I got rededicated there. My kids got saved there. My husband, so many of my friends, and I just I love the church. I do love the preaching of Pastor Bob. And um, just after all that happened, you know, we're here in Colorado anyway. And I just haven't been back to that church, but I'm going there next month. So I'm I'm going to go and check out the new pastors and what they're doing because that building it has like. God lives in that building. You go into some churches and they feel kind of dead and people say, oh, you know, they've lost their spirit. I need some to understand that. But churches have like a spiritual, you know, what's considered like alive. A church is alive. It's like full of the Holy Spirit. It's in there. You walk in, you feel the vibe. You're going with the music. You're like, woohoo, you're praising God. In other churches, you walk in and you just feel the deadness in the church. And a lot of churches really are dead. I That's why a lot of people don't like to go to church sometimes because the church feels dead. Literally, the church feels dead. And that's, it's not how it's supposed to be. A church that's a good church that's full, should be full of the Holy Spirit. The people that go should be full. And, and when you walk in, you almost like, I get goosebumps. And that's how I feel about Calvary Chapel. So um, I was just looking through this. I thought, you know what, I'm going to, we're going to do this little study here. So this is a a book, like I said, that they used to give out. Um, I can't remember if you got one every Sunday or the, oh, I guess, let's see here. Let me just look real quick. So I guess you got one every week because this one was January of 2010. So every day there's a Bible study, January 1st, 2nd. Third, fourth, sixth, seventh, eighth. Okay, so maybe this is every two weeks. Eight, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, so this is every two weeks. Oh, no, fifteen, sixteen, eighteen. Did they do this once a month? Oh, they did this once a month. Okay, that's what it was. All right, good. I should have noticed that before I got on here. So at the beginning of the month, so this has a daily devotion for every single day of the month. And man, I would devour these things up, and I didn't think I had one left. And I had a lot of papers stuffed in my Bible, and this just dropped out. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" An active word. So exciting. I feel like so excited that I found this. And one of the things, this is one of those really mega, giant, giant, giant churches. They had um, five services. They still have five services every weekend, and like three or four thousand people. It's a mega church. So they have like twenty-five thousand people um, a week coming through the church. So they always encouraged us to join smaller groups. I can't remember what they called them. Um, But you you could be someone that volunteered to do like a home home study group. And so they had a big board up there that had, uh, if you lived in Delray or Boca or Pompano in Florida, if you lived here or here in Margate, they had a name and a phone number of the person that did like a home Bible study in smaller groups and then of course you go to the big church on the weekend so uh they did one of these for every month i'm going to start digging through some of my old stuff when i get back to florida see if i have more of these uh, it's so good to see it. it's like oh i love pastor bob i i hate what happened to him i've googled that man i've tried to find him if anyone knows what pastor bob coy is please dm me and let me know i want to reach out to him and let him know that no matter how big your fall from grace is God forgives us for every single solitary thing that we do. And he loves us anyway, in spite of our own selves. Uh, but at the end of this book, it's got some good stuff in it. I might just go through this the next few weeks, because each of these days is uh, a, a verse, a study, and then this is what we would do in our small groups. it say the small group time, this is the challenge. like, And it was it gives these challenges. And then we would talk about it in the group. And that's how I got, uh, super rededicated and started my journey to wait for God to bring me a husband was through this. And I did it with other singles and we all agreed to be celibate and to act like husbands and wives. And because if you act like a girlfriend, like someone dates you, then you're their girlfriend and then you get engaged, you know, or boyfriend, um, then that's the kind of person that you'll attract boyfriend and girlfriend people when you decide like hey you know what i'm ready to be somebody's wife i'm ready to be somebody's husband that's who you'll attract so i actually didn't date for four years before i met bill complete celibacy the whole thing and i said no nope, i'm gonna wait till god brings me a husband i don't want to date i've dated i've got a daughter i'm divorced like all this stuff going on i don't dating is for what purpose am i going to date for so many years. I mean, I was single with Ada for 13 years. So I was like nine years after all that. I thought, you know, I would really like to be married to like an amazing person. And I go to the church all the time and I read, 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 read. And maybe God will bring me somebody amazing. So I made a commitment and stuck to all the uh, Bible things they gave us and all the verses. and went to the home study groups with the other singles. And I can remember meeting a couple guys and thinking like, oh, that guy's
0: kind of cute. And I was like,
1: "Mm, no, not the one. I just knew. When I met Bill, weirdly enough, within just minutes of us meeting, like he touched my shoulder or something. And I just felt like this electricity. And I was like, oof, okay. There he is right there. I wonder if I just said, hey, you're the guy God sent me if you think I was crazy. So I didn't. He said it to me first, like four days later. He's like, I'm just going to tell you right now. We're going to get married. I'm marrying you. God sent you to me. I was like. Okay, he said it first, so it was crazy, it was four days later, so I thought, we both knew instantly, it was really weird, it, and I say you know, it is so true, um, but I thought, oh Lord, I can't just like, straight out of the gate, like, hey, so, I've been waiting four years for you, where you been, and um, so then when he said that to me, that, you know, God put it on his heart, like the minute we met, that we were going to get married, I was like, okay, good, at least I, he's a he's good kind of crazy, like right there, right there with me. So this is called The New You. So I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to read from this direction this time here. Um, so this was, again, this was in January of 2010. This has been in my Bible all this time. It's been stuffed in there really hard and never fell out. So I'm excited to go through each of these days. Okay, it says, Has something recently started to stir in your heart? Is there a longing inside of you the, to know the true meaning of life? The answer is just a few paragraphs away. But first, you need to know God's story. So I really I read this. And I thought, oh, this is the story of God. I'm gonna I'm gonna share this on the next business of my book. This is what I need. God's story is in the Bible, and if you read the Bible from cover to cover, you'll find that He loves you very much. In fact, He loves you so much. That he was willing to die so that he could spend all of eternity with you it's like oh god wants to spend all of eternity with me little on me it all begins in the book of genesis the essence of the story is simple and pure god created adam and eve in his own image so we must look like god so that's cool i wonder if god has pink hair i think god has pink hair I probably not, but that'd be super cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> God created uh, Adam and Eve in his own image. He created them as perfect human beings and placed them in a perfect garden, which was on planet Earth. That was part of a perfect universe. Part of God's wisdom, however, was to prove, I'm sorry, to provide Adam and Eve. I have to read this way. Sorry, the light is better this way, guys. Like, I'm always reading this way, so let me see the other side of my face. Part of God's wisdom, however, was to provide Adam and Eve with a free will. So people go, oh, you know, this is right if you don't get accepted by Jesus, you go to hell. But the thing is, is if you don't believe or accept Jesus, you don't believe you're going to hell. So it's not like God's a bully. You have the right to choose. If you choose not to, then that's your decision. And if I choose to, that's my decision doesn't mean either of us are right. We might die at the very end and then there's nothing. But I would sure rather live my life as a Christian and have the blessings and love it and the fellowship and the partnership and be right than not live it that way. Part of God's wisdom, however, was to provide Adam and Eve with a free will. He did not create puppets, but rather two people who were free to choose. They could decide, could decide to love and obey him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, or live life in a manner that was self-serving and independent of what their creator had planned for them. You I may mean, already know what happened next. Adam and Eve were deceived into believing they could disobey God without suffering any consequences. But there was a consequence, an eternal separation from God and banishment from the perfect place that he had made for them. This makes perfect sense, for if God is holy and perfect and only makes perfect things, that once something becomes imperfect, he can no longer associate with it. Isaiah 59.2, Romans 3.23 Adam's world then spiraled out of control. They faced hardships, disappointments, and pain they never even knew existed. They experienced anger, fear, and sin. What was once a perfect existence was now imperfect and impure. The years went by and mankind's condition deteriorated by the decade. As a result of being separated from God, sin and evil abound. Imagine what's going to happen after the rapture. People did what seemed right in their own eyes. But God, being the loving, merciful Father that He is, had already put a plan into motion to save His children. Just kind of like summarizing God's story in the Bible. As the story continues, we see an incredible journey of restoration. The price for His restoration demanded God's personal human involvement in man's situation. He didn't delegate this out. He didn't, he couldn't and didn't want to. God loved us so much that he entered into our earthly existence as a man named Jesus in order to rescue us and redeem us from a life apart from him. 1 Timothy 2.5 He did this by living in a perfect, sinless life and then going to the cross and dying in our place. Romans 5.8 His death paid the penalty for every wrong thing we've ever done. It was a one-time sacrifice that was sufficient to cover every sinful act of the human race. That's First Peter 3.18. So you can look all these up. It, always been, it has always been God's plan for you to belong to him. He wants to walk through life with you and give you hope for the future. Do you want to take a moment and let God record your encounter with him right now in the Chronicles of Eternity? you Take a minute and pray. If you do, then all you need to do is to acknowledge that the living God is waiting to write His story on your heart. If you're wondering how to do that, it's as simple as talking to a friend. The Bible calls it prayer. Don't let the word prayer intimidate you. It's a mat- It's simply a matter of honestly telling God what's on your heart and mind. As you ask God to forgive you of your sins and tell him that you believe Jesus' death paid the penalty for your sins, God says he will accept you as his child and give you the free gift of salvation. That's in John 1, 12, and Romans 10, 9. Then you are saved. You can have the assurance that nothing will ever separate you from God and his incomprehensible love in this life. For the next. Jesus wants to take you out of the darkness in which you have been walking and bring you into the light of his goodness and his kindness. He will gather up your life with all its broken pieces and replace it with his life, an abundant life, a life without end. John ten, 10 and Romans six twenty three. If you are ready to receive this new life, which was purchased for you by Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary, then say to God, either out loud or in your heart, Father, I recognize that I am lost, of course, that I have sinned. I know that I cannot save myself. I want to accept the gift of eternal life and forgiveness that are in Christ Jesus. I believe that he died for my sins and was buried and rose again from the dead To give me new life. Please grant me that life now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's it. The new you. All right. Next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Remember, the truth is in the red letters.
0: Ciao thank you for dropping by to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever making real estate investment wonderful each and every time and for more information on how to make your Your real estate estate dreams a reality reality. keep an eye on dwonderful.com and be sure to become a member